You're listening to the Refined Hippie Podcast, a show all about holistic lifestyle, nutrition, and plant-based veganism for a mind-body-spirit approach to living healthfully and happily for ourselves and our planet. Welcome back to another episode. I am your host, Rebecca Henson. Thank you so much for joining me today. Before I begin, I just want to say if you have not already hit the subscribe button, please be sure to do that right now so you'll be notified right away when a new episode is posted. My guest today is Lucas of Wellfed Ed. Wellfed Ed is a food truck located here in Wilmington, North Carolina, but it's not just any food truck. They also help educate kids on the benefits of proper whole nutrition. And Lucas has gone from musician, career educator, cancer patient, to food truck founder and owner and passionate advocate for real, whole, proper nutrition. I had the pleasure of sitting down with Lucas to chat all about his story. We go over his life as a musician, teaching basketball, how basketball can save the world, We also get into his experience moving to Switzerland and education abroad. We also talk about his development of debilitating back pain and receiving no answers and then later getting diagnosed with cancer. We chat about his treatment in Switzerland, reading the China study, the impact of plant-based nutrition, starting a catering business, the C word in Europe, and moving back to America. We, of course, chat about his experience starting a food truck business and educating kids on proper nutrition. It is an excellent episode. Lucas is so charismatic and so kind. So without further ado, here is my interview with Lucas from Well-Fed Ed. Hello, Lucas. Welcome to the show and my house. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Nice to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, I was just thinking, so you you came here on a bike, like you biked here, and I'm like, this dude is literally like the all-encompassing like health advocate right here, you know? I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I'm, just, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, do what's right I know, for right? me and hopefully for the world too. I I like that quote that Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Always. Yeah. That's one of the best quotes for sure. And so maybe a a ripple effect will come down from that. Yeah. And and you have kids. And I was just thinking, uh, that just made me think of, there was something I saw on social media the other day and it was about, which it makes sense. I don't think you need science to tell you this, but they had done research on parents that are active Obviously, how that affects their children in a positive way. Right. So, like, you just be, being active and obviously healthy with, you know, nutrition and whatnot, how it affects your children, and then they affect those, you know, their friends and whatnot. So, it is. It's the ripple effect. Right. There you go. Yeah. I love That's it. it. That's, uh, it's funny. My, my son just, he goes to Pine Valley Elementary School, and they had some top tiger drawing, and he won a limo ride and a meal at Chick-fil-A. And they went to Chick-fil-A, and uh, he was like, he asked, uh, he's in second grade, he asked a kindergartner beside him who also had his name drawn. He said, what was your favorite part of the meal? And the kid said, the fruit. 
Because my mommy says the fruit makes you strong. And then my son, Enzo, he said, my daddy says the same thing. And it's just awesome to see that. Oh, that's so awesome. Going down through the younger generation. Oh, my gosh. So there is, there is. There's hope. Yeah, there is hope. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. I I grew up in the 90s, you know, so I don't think I would have said that. (laughs) I don't know. I was, I've been a fruit, a fruitarian, I feel like my whole life, though. So maybe I would have said that, too. Here's to the 90s. I know, right? Uh, I, I grew up then, too. We grew up on a farm, uh, my brothers and I, and we had, uh, that's where my foundation is, you know, in the, the fruits and the vegetables. But we also had cows, um, and we had pigs. We raised hogs, and I could cook a pig with the best of them. Y'all hear me? But I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so let's let's uh, get into that that. This transition, obviously, from from the standard American diet, standard lifestyle, growing up on a farm, to where you are now. Like, how did that happen? Oh, uh, not you by know. the grace of God. <laughs> it it was a uh, it's a whirlwind, and somehow you just keep your head above water and yeah. and pray, and just blessings come and they go, and you just have to hold on tight. And it's the same with the kids, right? Yeah, for if, sure. And, uh, well, that's something I'm still learning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's learning. And that's part that's of it. Well, but yeah. um, you you mean the change? In, yeah, in the, I mean, like, I know I read a little bit about that you had a health crisis of your own. Right. And was that, that was kind of the catalyst Good to word. changing changing everything? Yeah, it was the uh, the pivot point where... Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. But I didn't think that initially. Um, mm-hmm. So grew up on a farm, so thankful for those those lessons that my mom and my father just imparted upon my brothers and I because, ooh, it was some hard work. I remember hiding from my dad, you know, <laughs> and, and just not wanting to work and wanting to be like the other kids who got to, yeah. you know, not that they didn't work too, but different living type in of town, work. Yeah, it, totally was a, different. it was a different type of work. and. And he would find us. He said, "No, you gotta, you gotta work. And mm-hmm. when you do something, do it right. No half, halfway. You know, mm-hmm. use other words mm-hmm. and terms. But it stuck with me. And if you're gonna do something, you do it right. And uh, you know, we we would eat fruits and vegetables and have the freshest stuff. And but we also would kill a cow once a year. We, you know, growing up in that pig farm too, we we'd have pork all the time. And mm-hmm. I didn't even think twice about it. Drink milk three times a day." Um, I'm, my mom says she bought a gallon once a day, like one gallon a day for my three kids, Dang. my three brothers and two brothers and yeah. I, and didn't think twice about it, you know, just didn't know any better. I'm looking at the food pyramid and thinking, oh yeah, this has got to be right. It comes from the government. They know everything. <laughs> and, uh, you know, but I was curious and I would always question stuff too. And, and, um, fast forward a little bit and, uh, went to school I uh, got a teaching scholarship, and I wanted to stay at, in the Wilmington area, but that didn't work out. I went to Chapel Hill, and uh, stars aligned, and I met my wife. And um, it's amazing when you just – there. that was a huge change in my life too because I was a mess before, before mm-hmm. I met her. And actually, when I met her, we were just best friends for five years. We played in a band together. Uh, Big Pretty and the Red Rockets with uh, Big Pretty and the Red Rockets <laughs> with uh, Joe Kwan. You might have heard of him. Yeah, I've heard he of him. He plays cello uh, with the Avett Brothers now. Yeah. 
And, uh, oh, man, some kindred souls. My best friend from high school was Leon Goblin, just an amazing musician. Um, and actually, Big Pretty was uh, a lineman, linebacker <laughs> for uh, the University of Michigan. He played with a gentleman, you might have heard of him, some people have, Tom Brady. Oh, uh, no. No, yeah. I've never heard of him. I didn't have no idea. And <laughs> Jake is just an amazing songwriter. And uh, it was just amazing to see how that all came together. And we met, we actually, Joe Quan, Leon Goblin, and I went to a party one night. And uh, Ingrid, my wife, was there. And she just said, yeah, y'all come over and play. And we dressed up as mariachis and we were singing some Cute. Spanish songs and just having fun cutting up. And she pulled out her accordion and started playing with us. We're like, awesome what? so um accordion that's yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> i've gotten way off track <laughs> oh no no this is awesome <laughs> I, I want all the details i love this <laughs> so um we just we started playing together and and uh it was it was magical wow. and it, it was just a beautiful time you know five six years of playing mainly in north carolina touring around mostly Chapel Hill and Wilmington we play. But at that time, y'all were opening up for? We won a battle of the bands, and we got to open up for Dave Matthews, um, which who is in town here in Wilmington today, um, yeah. end of May 2023, so it's come full circle. Mm. Um, one of the coolest experiences, besides just learning and, and getting to know those people in the band and, and dealing with the, you know, the the positives and the the tougher situations, the egos were were tough. I, I have hmm. I had to check myself a lot, um, and it's it's beautiful to you know sacrifice some things and and try to you know put the spotlight on other people at times. And we were a band that you couldn't pigeonhole because we shared the microphone so much, and we went just you know from a polka to a hip hop song, <laughs> and, and it was just. Uh, it was amazing that the musicians I was fortunate enough to be a, a part of the band with, mm -hmm. they are, they were just talented. And I just kind of said fast words. <laughs> yeah. Um, what a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was also part of who I am, just the music and, 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 uh, just getting to, to see what being part of a team is. And sports are also very important to me. Um, my wife, who we played together in the band, Ingrid, just five years together and uh, six maybe, she got a scholarship and we left Chapel Hill, moved to Wilmington, and she started studying. And I'm not going to compare us to John and Yoko, but uh, the band did fall apart. And oh, Joe, no. Joe went on to bigger and better things oh. with the Avett brothers. Um, Ingrid actually also played with Bob Crawford, the, the bass mm -hmm. player. He had a side project, and mm -hmm. um, she played with him a little bit too. But uh, I'm I'm so happy to see Joe doing beautiful things, and that was tough. You know, your your the jealousy creeps in. You got to check it. You be like, yeah, hey, that would be hard. Be happy for him because yeah. he is he's an awesome soul. Just so positive, and mm. uh, it just oozes off off of him. And there's no one. More deserving. Oh. Aww. And uh, Joe Quine, it's my brother. Aww. And uh, so we, we moved to Wilmington, and um, 
we started a life down here and she went to teach and I was a teacher. I had a teaching fellows uh, growing up on a farm. We didn't have much money. So I wanted to be sure that my, you know, I had a way to get to college and it wasn't stressful on my parents. So. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, teaching was right where I belonged wow. because it was just a blessing to be with those kids and just to learn with them and just mm -hmm. to have a, a positive impact and how it went both ways, you know, with touching me too. Woo. Oh, oh my gosh. Woo. <laughs> I, I miss the classroom. Oh, mm. what, what age were the kids? Middle school. Oh my goodness. Tough. That is tough. But so rewarding. Cause you're like right there, like watching them in this like transformative transition phase, you know, like that's such a hard age. It, there is a transformation yeah. taking place. It's, yeah. it's, it's like a, yeah. And, but, but you can catch them before they get too far down mm -hmm. the wrong. Yeah. If they're going the road. wrong transition. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I was a goofball and I was a mess too in high school. So I could really relate to those kids that might not have made the best choices and, and they, they knew I respected them. And so it was just natural. They, mm -hmm. they listened to me and, and it was a good time. And, my wife is like the best, the most amazing teacher. You know, cool. she just gathers resources like no other. And um, we just have a utmost respect for teachers because yeah. we know how hard it is. My mom is, is was a teacher. She's retired, but what did she? I teach? definitely. She loved preschool. Oh. She had taught. For, she had taught kindergarten and first grade for a little while. But her favorite spot was the little ones. She and she's such. I mean, it's like, it's who she is, right. you know, she's such a, and I say she's like a mommy mom, you know, because she was like the best mom. I mean, she is the best mom, but like just so hands-on, like loves little kids. Like that's the perfect, like the perfect person for little people, you know. And the, that maternal yeah. instinct. Oh my gosh. So yes. My daughter has that. Oh, um, how sweet. And she tries to put it on my son. Oh, and, and he hates it. He's not always so receptive. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have that quality so much and yeah. uh, just bless your mother's heart for, for being well and she to, wouldn't want to, and bless you because yeah. I, she would not want to have wanted to teach middle school for right. sure she i mean like even i'm saying like first grade she didn't like that she liked doing like the singing and songs and rhymes and teaching them like the basic stuff like trying to teach them to read and stuff she's like i don't want to do that <laughs> i couldn't deal with those yeah. snotty nosed oh, kids I running i mean i can but it's just Me not neither. the same no it's yeah. it takes a special yeah. person for all yeah. of her to teach any of these different ages you right know? there's some people who love to teach high school like oh that you, sounds crazy you find your you know? gift and yeah. your calling and you go with yeah. it and uh just embrace it uh -huh. embrace it so yeah so we were teaching down here um you know, in Wilmington for nine years, uh, the greatest blessings in our lives came Tula and Enzo while we were here. And uh, we just, something in 2015 changed. And our my son was one and my daughter was about three. And I was a basketball coach too at Myrtle Grove Middle School. And oh man. That sport is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. That is the basketball? most beautiful I sport. Love just, uh, I just read a book that my wife suggested to me: "How Basketball Can Save the World." And I forget the author, but he just he just points out how basketball is one of those sports where 
one individual player has to be able to do everything on the court mm. and has to be so flexible to be able to, you know, adapt mm -hmm. spontaneously to this new situation, whatever it is, a turnover, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, a rebound. And, but there's not one specific goalie, like in soccer, that mm -hmm. only protects that, the goal. Yeah. There's not a striker who basically tries to score. Mm -hmm. One person on the court has to be able to do it all. And within close proximity of many different types of people, it's gender inclusive, the game is. You know, it, it was written on the principles that Naismith founded the game on in, you know, the waning years of the 19th century. And oh. he has 13 points that he, you know, bases his statement, how basketball can save the world and why it's the best sport. And it just struck a, struck a chord with me. And I'm just like, we are here to make other people better. And that's what I love about basketball. You know, when you're playing it, you can set somebody up with a, a, a perfect pass. It's definitely a team sport. Very team sport. Yeah. It is. It's, uh, and so I got to be a team player. <laughs> right. Right. And, uh, I had some great players at Myrtle Grove. I coached girls for the first time. I left Chapel Hill where I coached boys and I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to coach girls. What is this? It's, uh -huh. You know, I'm taking a step down, but it was a step up because oh. girls, girls, it's so funny when you think, you know, you don't know at all. And I'm one of those people because I don't know anything I'm saying. You know, <laughs> it's like uh, girls just listen and get it on the first time. Hmm. And boys are hard headed, knuckleheads, <laughs> they're knuckleheads, but they're, they're a different type of yeah, athlete. Totally, but yeah. It was just a blessing to be able to be on the court with those, those girls that came through Myrtle Grove and. Anyway, something changed in 2015, and I had to stop coaching because my back started hurting. Mm. And I didn't want to coach if I couldn't run up and down the court with them, you know. And I was like, what is this? You know, it's just a pain in, in, in my lower back. It's, this is crazy. And I went to orthopedic surgeons, neurosurgeons here in town. They gave me great advice, you know, and they said I, I wouldn't do anything because I'm not seeing anything. And – and, but the pain was just, was there. So much. it's like, yeah. So I said, let's go to Duke, you know, and let's, let's, uh, I want to, I want to operate cause I need some relief from this pain. Mm. And all the doctors here were like, no, don't you, that's the last, last case scenario. Yeah, it's very you extreme. Know? Yeah. And I told my wife, it's like, I, I got to do something. I can't even sleep at night. I'm sweating through seven shirts a night, you know, and just something's not right. And so we went up to Duke, and this guy, I don't remember his name, but my wife said he looked like Colonel Sanders. He was like, okay, let's do it. And we made a date, and it was set, and we came back. And the day before I was supposed to go up to have the surgery done, my, my good friend who actually also married us and actually turned me on to Christ, he, uh, he called from out of the blue because I only hear from him, you know, once every, I don't know, half a year or so. He's like, "What's up, man?" Just smiling. You could hear his smile through the board, through the, through the phone. <laughs> and uh, he's like, "Don't do it." And he's one of those like mystical people. Like you're like, mm, "Oh, interesting." Okay, I better listen to him. So I canceled it and just dealt with the pain. And that whole year, 2015, my wife was looking up jobs because we had talked about you know, going to Switzerland for a year. Sorry, am I talking too much? 
This is a podcast. That's what, we, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> um, this is my first podcast. <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing a great job. <laughs> Thanks for the affirmation. Um, so she uh, she's looking up jobs in Switzerland, you know, and meanwhile at Myrtle Grove, I stopped coaching and I had to give it up, which was tough because we had a team that was just stacked for the next year. And I was like, oh, oh I know no. they're going to win. They went undefeated that year. I quit. Oh, and I was man. like, no, uh, props, I props to yeah. Coach Carter for taking them over and uh, leading them that way. Because sometimes a talented team is very hard to deal with, too. Mm. You know, the egos and True. and whatnot. But um, so that team won. And I, I couldn't even go to games. I couldn't even watch basketball because it hurt my heart too much mm-hmm. to, to know that I couldn't play it anymore. That's how much mm-hmm. I loved it. And I just removed myself completely from it. And I would miss, you know, weeks at a time at school because my back would hurt. And I never missed days. You know, I was dedicated. I was, mm-hmm. I loved being in the classroom with the kids. And I just didn't have that same energy. And my wife was, meanwhile, I'm still going to doctors trying to find out what's wrong. Nobody could find anything. And, and my wife's looking up jobs. And I remember my daughter, Tula, she was a fourth four-year-old at uh, Noah's Ark hmm. and they did some Mother's Day uh, art piece for for mom and uh, they had to fill out a questionnaire like what's my mom's favorite uh, candy what's her favorite color that kind of stuff what's my mom's job and she said a four-year-old's perspective my mom's job is looking for a job in Switzerland and it was just amazing oh we still God. have that <laughs> and it's true because my wife would just always be All online looking up stuff um, <laughs> and she found one at Swiss International School, and lo and behold, she landed the job because they realized over Skype what a talented teacher she was, mm-hmm. and, and this was an up-and-coming new um, branch of the school in a town called Pfeffikon, which is mm-hmm. close to Zurich. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been? Uh, I've been to Switzerland, but I have not been to where you just said. <laughs> I don't remember where I went. My brother was living over there, so oh, where we went and visited. Well, he was in Germany, but um, my mom and I went and visited while I was while he was there and I was in high school. So we went to Switzerland, Germany, um, France, I don't remember, Austria. Yeah. I can't remember a few other places. Um, but I was like 15, so, you know. I've been to Europe. I've, I lived in Italy um, in college, but... I have not been back to Switzerland. That was where a long in time. Italy. Uh, I was in Rome. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do all roads really lead there? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> of course they do. No. Ancient Rome. They, well, of course, wanted to. I'm sorry, I gotta I know, ask this question. How many days did it take to build it? To build. It? Oh, God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to do that too. All right, I'm done. Okay. Okay. Serious now. We're so serious. Um, no, but Switzerland. So, what? Why did she choose? It was just like a pat, like Italy for me. That was a pat. Like I studied, I, I minored in art history, and ancient Rome was my was my forte. That was my favorite. That was all the classes I was taking. And that's a mecca of yeah of that. And I love and I love everything ancient Rome and the monuments and and the history and stuff. And so that's why I chose to live in Italy. So why was there, what was the pull of Switzerland? Good question. Uh, meine Mutter kommt aus der Schweiz. Uh, my mother. Is Aww. Swiss. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and she is just an amazing woman. Um, just the... Good tea. It's 
powerful. She's the embodiment <laughs> of uh, sacrifice because she left her homeland and and to be with m- my oh, father, yeah. you know. And who? Oh, she's she, first. She, I mean, she moved here from Switzerland. She's not just like it. Oh, yeah, wow. she was nineteen when she oh, moved. And she still has her her Swiss accent in a Southern draw, which is oh, beautiful to hear. She's just uh, she's a gardener. And she, it's just so beautiful to, to come home to our house in Pitt County and see all the flowers and, you know, my dad does all the fruits and vegetables and she of course helps too. And, ah, it's just amazing to, to come from that. Mm -hmm. So your wife, y'all were both interested in Switzerland then. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. it's funny because I used to put candles on the Christmas tree here in Wilmington, and she'd be like, "Why are you putting candles on the tree? Let's let's use lights, you know, the mm. red candles, yeah. which you have a oh, counterweight yeah. on it." Beautiful, yeah. She's like, that's, "That's part of my. That's who I am. You know, mm. we'd go to Switzerland, maybe if we were fortunate enough, every three years as a kid, and you know, and my mom would always put those candles on the tree growing up in hmm. outside of Pitt County, and cool. or we were in Pitt County yeah. outside of Greenville, and right. uh." She's like, okay, it's just kind of dangerous. And <laughs> well, you got to watch the candles while they're on and yeah. you blow them out. And it's funny. Now she's so That's pro Switzerland. Oh, yeah. She didn't want to move back. Oh, man. So we moved over there. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'll get off track. And, uh, Dude, this is, uh, th- this is how my mind works. It's like squirrel. Like <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and uh, she, she got a job teaching, uh, I believe, third, fourth, and fifth grade in a mm-hmm. bilingual day school. So she taught English, all subjects, to third, fourth, and fifth grade, I believe, small classes. And it was in trailers because they were building the school right beside the trailers. Mm-hmm. And when we heard trailers, we were like, oh, but these were nice trailers. You're like, like they do that in Switzerland? Like, yeah. I thought that was just an American the, thing. <laughs> they had, like, floor-to-ceiling glass on them. Oh, of course, they're like, way nicer than ours, uh, obviously. <laughs> It was it was it was beautiful, and you could see the Zurise, you could see oh, the wow. lake down below. We were up on top of a hill. Oh my gosh! And so we were there, and actually the the boss at the time, you know, the first day we flew in, he lended us his car, and he's just like bending over backwards to make us comfortable. And we went with four suitcases, and our son who was one and a half, and our daughter who was four, and they knew a couple words in Swiss German because I would try to teach them some mm-hmm. growing up, but. They had no idea. And so I taught Spanish at Myrtle Grove while I was coaching basketball there. And my wife is also was a Spanish teacher and is again. Yeah. Um, so we knew what it was like, or we thought we knew what it was like for the bilingual parents or the non-bilingual parents, the Hispanic speakers, to come to like a an event at the school and not know what was going on. And mm-hmm. you'd have to get a translator. And I spoke a little bit of the language, and my wife's father is actually from Germany, so she speaks really good, good German. Yeah. Yeah, oh, she's really way good. better than me. Oh, yeah. They always laugh at me when I speak Swiss German, <laughs> and my daughter too. But they didn't. My kids didn't really speak it, so they would. They were enrolled in a. My daughter was enrolled in kindergarten. She turned five or four and a half. They start with four, and they have two years of kindergarten, and the whole first year they just focus on playing, nothing academic. <laughs> Which is so beautiful. So beautiful. So beautiful. A lot and of places do that, right? Yeah, I, I don't know about that. Do they? Yeah, I think so. And I think, well, I know that I heard because there's always this is all this is obviously not off subject, but that 
people are always like comparing what the Chinese are doing, you know, because they're going to take over basically. (laughs) But that is one of the things that they apparently do as well is like they focus whatever, how many years it's just play. It's just being creative and imaginative because that's how you develop your brain, you know, in in whatever ways. Um, Building the social. Yes. And then they test, but we're already testing and creating kids who have, giant enormous amounts of anxiety and stuff you shouldn't be testing a child when they're like five years old they'll have enough of that you know Mm. so anyways that's amazing that they do that there don't get me started on that stuff but yeah she so she was in a small class with kids refugees there's a lot of refugees that come to switzerland from ethiopia eritrea um Hmm. iraq and uh, it was just amazing to see that that she was in there with them learning German, yeah. and she picked it up like that, just like, like that. Ugh. And she is she can be a bossy boots. Love you, Tula. <laughs> um, but you know she's like, Daddy, you're not saying it right. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. sorry. And, <laughs> and she speaks German and Swiss German, which oh is just a dialect now. And wow. Um, so meanwhile, she's there and. My son goes to a daycare once a week while I work at the school with the Florida ceiling, you know, trailer park windows <laughs> because the boss also hired me to be a cook because oh, cool. I love cooking and I love putting colorful stuff together. And I just knew how important it was for kids to eat colorful stuff. Mm-hmm. So actually, I was a cook that just reheated stuff <laughs> two of the days out of the week. But then on Wednesdays, he'd let me cook my stuff, my creations. Mm. And so I would, and the kids always would love it. You know, I'd make pancakes and I would still make bacon and stuff like that. And, you know, home fries and just random stuff. Mm-hmm. That, a lot of fruit, a lot mm. of fruit. And cause fruit and vegetables were always near and dear to me. And I feel like that is part of the reason I'm still here. Um, one of the many reasons, but, um, he also hired me at SIS to be the after school care. And so I was, you know, watching four or five kids. It wasn't a huge school until like seven at night when their parents would come and get them. And these are the parents, they're the, you know, the parents that go to Dubai and the Maldives and they're CEOs of, you know, UBS and, and, um, you know, just powerful people. And, um, I, I, I wasn't very passionate about watching their kids, um, yeah, I cared for him and I loved the relationships I was making, but it wasn't the same passion as coaching or, or teaching. Mm-hmm. And some days my boss would come in and I'd be laying on the floor and he'd say, he'd say, Lucas, what, what's wrong? Like I didn't, when I hired you, you had some energy and now you're on the floor. I didn't hire you to do this. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. My, my back is just killing me. I, I can't even stand up. Like I remember nights like just not being able to find a comfortable position and, mm. and sleeping like one, two hours, maybe if I was lucky and just, mm. just feeling like a, a burning sensation was in my back. And mm. I, I went to some doctors over there and nobody found anything. And my wife is just looking at me like, what can I do? I don't even know what I can do. Mm-hmm. And, and so finally I went to an osteopath. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with, um, osteopath, osteo meaning bone, and how they, you know, look at the connectivity of all the muscular and skeletal structures and all your organs. And they look at it from a whole approach instead of the allopathic approach that many Western doctors do, which can also be good. But 
it's more of a let's isolate the symptom and kill it, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's not look at the root. And this osteopath was feeling around on my stomach, and she said, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting something. And I always thought it was my back. Yeah. You know, she said, something here. And do you have a you know house doctor? And I was like, no. And I found one, and I went to him, and she said, yeah, I would get it checked out. It could be nothing, but I would definitely get it checked out. There's mm-hmm. something there. And uh, the first doctor I went to, he said, no, it's, it's just a viral infection. I'm going to give you something similar to Metamucil. You know, he's saying all this in German, and I'm like trying to catch bits and pieces mm-hmm. of it. And <laughs> everybody there speaks English, but it's limited. It's about like my Swiss German. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you're, you're trying to pick up everything you can yeah. in the medical terms. And, and um, he gave me the Metamucil, and it still hurt. And I was yeah. still... I was having dreams of me being held by my feet and dipped into the flames of hell. Like I, I, I literally remember that dream oh, and, and just, it was, it was tough. Yeah. And, and the whole time my kids are pulling me through this and my wife and, and just, uh, very fortunate to have family over there that would do whatever they could, uncles and aunts and cousins. And finally, mm. um, I went to my house doctor's partner who was uh, more, he took more of the holistic approach. Mm-hmm. And he said, no, this is, this is serious. Let's, let's look at it. Let's, let's get an x-ray again. And because I had many x-rays done yeah. even here in Wilmington. And, Interesting. and uh, the x-rays came back and I remember going for the reading and he said, do you want your son to leave the room? Cause this is serious. And I was like, no. I need my son and I just held him and I just remember that that because I knew I knew it was something heavy and he said it's cancer and um I'm like okay I can beat this you know I can beat this and we didn't know what the diagnosis was um we hadn't gone in for the I guess the laparoscopy mm-hmm. I believe they call it where they make an incision and, and pull out part of the the mass and so that was scheduled for like a week later or four or five days later and in the meantime we had a ski trip plan my wife and I and I was on crutches you know mm-hmm. I, I couldn't hardly walk and and so we went anyway and my wife was like what did the doctor say and I'm like uh I can't really remember it said something about something and I was being very vague and she was like Lucas that's not like you like come on you you pay attention to details you know yeah. I was like no I I said maybe like a I made up a virus or something and because I didn't want to ruin the vacation oh, you know no. and she's sitting here like hounding me trying to pull it out of me and i'm in the meantime researching stuff like all right what could it be yeah. all right lymphoma 50 50 chance of living i'm thinking it's lymphoma i'm like all right one out of two free throws i can do this i got this because i relate a lot yeah. to basketball yeah. and i'm and uh finally like after the second day third day she pulls it out of me and Dang. she finds out she's doing all this research because yeah. My mom's job is finding a job in Switzerland. She's good at <laughs> She's good at finding things. <laughs> She's good at finding what she needs on the internet. <laughs> and uh, so we we didn't know because we're just it's a crapshoot. We don't know what it is. And we go in and I go in for the the um, diagnosis that they put me under. And I remember the last thing I'm talking to the the nurse there in the hospital, and his name was Emmanuel. That means God is with us. And I just I just found comfort in that. And oh, I was like. Yeah. And I remember as the anesthesia was coming in, I just could only think of two things. And that was like food and Jesus. 
those are the two things that popped in my head. And I just had a, a dream of all these sauces, you know, and I was still eating meat at the time. And I was just had a vision of like these barbecue sauces. I'd make like this jalapeno peach sauce and like, and Jesus and just in uh, all his graciousness, I, I just saw him and uh, I went under and I uh, came back and lo and behold, they found out it was seminoma, which is testicular cancer and 96% survival chance. And I'm like, oh, that's like, Mark Price. Do you know who Mark Price is growing up in the 90s? That sounds familiar. Who is that? He was a guard for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, okay. He, he's who you wanted to have the ball at the end of mm-hmm. the game if they fouled you because he could make 96% of his free throws. Yeah. He was oh, my a, gosh, yeah. He, he could step up to the line and knock it down, you know. Yeah. And uh, I was like, okay, I got this. And I was I was feeling good and positive. And I, in the meantime, I had, like, support of my aunts, and, and they'd come and watch the kids. My mom flew over. Um, to cook my brother came and visited so much support yeah Yeah. just just grateful and Mm -hmm. and I'm just uh not even deserving of it but I'm just like so so thankful and got the hammer treatment of the chemo and uh god I was fat because they just pumped it in me you know and I was just putting on all this weight and just laying in bed and had my cousins who would bring passion fruit and all these fruits that were yeah. rich in vitamin C. And I remember going in uh, for treatment the first day, which another blessing that uh, God bestowed upon me. It's just I walked because the, the treatment center was right there, and we were in Rappersville, which is a small town kind of south of Zurich. Mm-hmm. And it had the you know my, my treatment center right there in the same town. Oh, how nice. Even though it was so small, it still had that. And, uh, wow. So I went in, and I remember sitting, waiting for the treatment. And uh, an older gentleman, probably like 85 or so, comes up and says in a real thick Austrian-German accent, which mm-hmm. I had trouble understanding because my roots are in Schweizerdeutsch, which is the dialect. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, what? What did he say to the nurse? And the nurse was like, oh, he's, he's telling you to stop using a knife. And I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And I'm like, yeah, that's not for me. I grew up on a hog farm. Yeah. You know, I, what are you I eat bacon about? three, four times a day. You know, yeah. I'm just like, I also eat fruits and vegetables. And but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, yeah, no, it's not for everybody. And uh, so like, yeah, it's not for me. So I went through the chemo and came out the other side and, and it worked. And we actually came back and... Cause that was all within the first year. We were only going to Switzerland for a year oh my gosh. and they found it. We, we left in July. They found it in March. I got the treatment from March to May and it was already over. It was just like, whoa. Yeah. Just like so many, many fluids they were pumping in me. Yeah, they just like flew. I mean like whirlwind, I'm sure. Yeah. And I don't even remember it really. Yeah. And we came back in July thinking we were done. Mm-hmm. We had our suitcases, and, but we had accumulated stuff and we kind of left that in the school which mm. was finished now, and it was a state-of-the-art modern school, four floors, penthouse, wow. you know, overlooking the sea up on the hill, just beautiful. And my wife was like, you really want to move back? And, I was like, <laughs> and we just didn't know what to do. And I was like, you know what, let's – and she, together we decided, let's let's go back. And it was just a struggle because we were still here and, hmm. you know, we had our house here, and we said, let's rent it to somebody else because her mom was actually staying – 
in her house while we were gone for that year. And she said, well, I'm not saying more than a year because I'm from Wisconsin. It's too hot down here. And so she went back, we rented it, and we decided to move back um, because we knew my doctors. And they say five years of checkups mm. is the the point you want to get to. And um, and so we, we moved back, and, and that was kind of pulling on our heart because we had so much family here too, you know, and um, Tula and Enzo just – we, we went to another school in Rappersville because we moved, we were in Fafikon and we moved across the, the sea to Rappersville. And um, we found a new spot above a tattoo parlor. <laughs> that's a, that's another story. <laughs> my son getting into the elevator and oh my gosh, yeah. saying, this smells like, it smells like something good and bad in here. He said, it smells like cake and beer. And beer. <laughs> I wonder what's the good and what's the bad. Oh, no. It, it was a tattoo parlor, so, yeah. you know, they had some good all, scents I'm coming sure they out. I'm sure they had all kinds of smells going on. <laughs> yeah, so, um, but it was a it was a good spot, and uh, I got off track again. And um, so, anyway, my wife, she, they let me go at the school, hmm. SIS, because I was, I was okay. Actually, my back started feeling better all of a sudden, but... They they had other plans and but and so let me just sorry yeah. to interrupt you no. but the the pain or they had found a mass in your stomach and that was connected to I mean that was all just like connected like was that like it, how, how it was, was pushing it? up against my spinal cord it was push oh yeah God. and it was yeah. in my lymph node so my lymph mm-hmm. node was pulling out all the mm-hmm. all the toxins from yep. my my semen and and right. it was just swelling and pushing wow. up against my spinal cord and that was it and so when you were having that pain i mean you had that pain for years then your back was hurting for several years before you dang and and nobody found it i, I don't know isn't that crazy if it just ballooned while i was over there but the pain was prevalent while i was over here still yeah and um yeah so they they found it and oh my gosh i mean are you happy that you went through that in Switzerland versus being an American so medical. Grateful. Yeah. So great. So the Swiss uh, medical care is becoming more and more westernized. Ugh, what? Sounds terrible. But here. everybody's required to have it. And it's, uh, we didn't have the highest income over there. And they didn't even ask us what our income was in the U.S. They mm-hmm. just said, what's your income over here? Because I wasn't working, um, I was working part time, you know, as the cook yep. and the and the after school care. And so the government kicks in and has all these social nets to wow. catch uh, to help you. And mm-hmm. so we, they even offered to have people come and do our laundry and cook for us. That what? was a government program if you're going through something. Dang. But we were like, no, we're okay because my mom was there. And, and yeah, but just the the. the the idea that that's even an option for people like how incredible wow. it's 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 so much smaller that true. they can they pay they pay right there's 10 million people i think oh, yeah they pay it's like New York. so close attention to detail and it's it's a blessing and a curse because they're so efficient sometimes that mm-hmm. they forget to take off the blinders and mm. stop and enjoy the moment which is a something that you see is so prevalent here in the u.s the colorful soulful people that Mm. there's more of an edge here and i think that produces that Mm. not that there's not colorful people in switzerland too but a lot of times they're private you know yeah 
there was a comparison. So our boss, Christian Ruti at SIS, mm -hmm. they went through about four bosses while my, my wife was there. Oh my gosh. And they finally found a good one. Mm. Not that the others weren't good, but a, they didn't a, work out. <laughs> right. A great one. And, uh, this gentleman, um, the first day that they hired me back because I started a catering company over there. It was kind of under the table. Wink, oh. wink. Don't tell the government <laughs> agencies over there. But I would cook meals because I was stuck in the house with my two kids. My daughter was in, in kindergarten or second yeah. year of kindergarten. And my son was still in daycare, but, you know, it was only an hour mm -hmm. every other day or so. So this was the toughest job I ever had. I had 30 to 40 students in my class, middle schoolers, pin drop quiet. Whoa. I could not control my own two kids <laughs> in the house because it's all day almost. Yeah. And I just have a newfound respect for stay-at-home moms and dads, if there's any out there, because mm -hmm. it, it's a tough job. It is a it's, tough job. It's a beautiful job. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons we moved over there is to spend more time with our kids because we could over there because mm -hmm. we'd have – we got to pick our schedule at the school. Mm -hmm. How nice. We got to work part-time. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked two days a week, and I made five times what I made here as a teacher. What? It's yeah. insane. It, it is insane. <laughs> and, and they just have, they just, they value teachers more, I guess. I don't know. Like what? And, and we were in a, we were in a um, private setting. Mm -hmm. But, the public, too, but the public, public setting even gets too. more. No way. They, they have higher incomes, and they, yeah, yeah they have, to a degree, they have less yeah. responsibilities. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but so you were, you were working part-time and taking care of the kids and then you started, uh, well, I wasn't okay. working part-time. Okay. Yet. Then you stopped working. Okay. Right. Cause they let me go. This was in Got one it. of the intern bosses okay. and, and I was just like at home and I was like, what can I do? Cause I love using my hands and having a yard here in the mm -hmm. U S and working with my hands and building yeah. stuff and, you know, music. And I didn't, I had a guitar, but I didn't really have, so I started cooking. But were you cooking plant-based? No. Oh. My wife comes home with a book from the French teacher at the school. Hmm. And it's called The China Study by Dr. Campbell. And I'm like, this book is huge. <laughs> I don't know if I could read this. And I, I had since I have a newfound enjoyment of just reading. We don't have a TV in our house anymore. We just nice. read. And uh, it's so, so healthy. Yeah. Uh, we have a TV, but it's up in the frog, which we well, never use. This one is from 2008, so yeah. you can see I don't value TV very much. <laughs> so I read it, and I'm like, oh, my God. So this Dr. Campbell grew up on a cattle farm, but his was way more lucrative than His story mine. is incredible, though, isn't it? So yeah. incredible. And, you know, what he wrote goes against everything that was in his family business. You know, his he was making $7 million a year, his dad was, and he's writing this stuff that, I'm like, oh, my God. And statistically, he just backs it up. And I'm like, wow. And my jaw just dropped. And I'm reading it. And I'm, I'm watching new documentaries. Like, what the health? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God. Where they come to North Carolina. I know. I love that. Where there's yeah. more pigs than more pigs than people. I and I can vouch for that. And uh, I just met the producer, actually. One of oh, the, you did? He oh came gosh. to VegFest, too. What? Yeah. I missed him. And I... He wrote a, a book too, Badass Vegan, I think. Oh no, I know him. Or um, 
tall dude yeah so, yeah yeah i'm yeah. um, tuned what is his name he and i follow each other he goes to the yoga studio that i, that I go to yoga oh, salt nice. um and is friends with tamal because i guess he had lived maybe he lived is he is he from california i can't remember i don't know i think the, maybe and his wife is from here is from north carolina or something he was speaking spanish to his kids so oh was he yeah he's got some yeah hispanic roots yeah too. he's super cool yeah yeah he seemed like a nice guy yeah um so anyway, you know, it's just opening my world and I'm just seeing, okay, yeah, the medical industry saved my life. So thankful to this, you know, Western medicine. Grateful to Emmanuel, to my oncologist, to all the, the team, the, the support that, and just how comfortable I felt going into them. But at the same time, at the end of the day, it's a business. And when Dr. Campbell went to the CEO of the Cleveland Clinic, that just sticks in my head. And he's like, hey, I can help your patients. And he's like, stop. We need patients. Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, but you're like, what? It makes me angry, though, you know. And, and so yeah. I'm just like, all right. My story was easy compared yeah. to what some people go through. Right. You know, I have teachers that I taught with at Myrtle Grove that passed away. Sarah McLaughlin. Um cancer Mm. and when that happened that was also another catalyst that was like hold up this Mm. ain't right Mm. you know she was young she was like maybe in like late 40s Mm. 50s maybe but um and so i'm 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 cooking all these recipes plant-based and i'm 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 like starting every wednesday to offer all the teachers at my my uh wife's school my former school i'm like hey this is the menu i'm making one menu item you know i'm gonna bring it sign up if you want it on whatsapp and uh eight nine teachers would sign up and i bring it every wednesday in like these hot containers nice unload it and i'd always ask for feedback like what'd you think i remember asking the secretary and she's like oh it's great it's beautiful but you need to offer some vegetarian options i was like that wasn't me she said what it was my chickpea sloppy joe (laughs) and uh so that's uh, something that I've carried on now yeah. with uh, what we're doing with Well-Fed Ed. And, and I started cooking, and, and one of the teachers would order, and she was going out on maternity leave. And the best way to a, a job in Switzerland is through their stomach. And she was <laughs> like, oh, no, she was, a, she was a cool lady from California, actually. There was some few oh, – well. or maybe she was from the East Coast. But she American. Had, yeah. Yeah. So we, we had, you know, some connections. And um, – we could relate to the American culture. Mm-hmm. She was like, what? This school that we teach at is beside a shooting range? It was right beside a, literally, a shooting range. <laughs> and she was like, I hear these gunshots and I'm ducking, thinking of when I taught in Philadelphia. You know? Oh, my gosh. And it's oh, just weird. so different over there yeah. because there's more guns per capita, but there's never in history been a, a, mass, shooting. a mass shooting in no. a school. My daughter showed up in kindergarten with her Swiss Army knife to school. It's a big Swiss Army knife. Yeah. And the teacher's like, oh, that is awesome. Stunning. Bring it, bring it. When we go to the woods also on, on Wednesday. Every Wednesday they went oh to the woods gosh. to look at animal oh, prints, wow. to study oh, plants. Man. If it was raining, yeah. if it was lower than 40 degrees, Fahrenheit, they use Celsius yeah. over there. Took yeah. me a while to adjust. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah. Which here in North, New Hanover County, if it's under 40 degrees, they don't let them go outside. These kids, by the way, need to go outside no matter what. They need to run around. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear me up there in the ivory towers? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
No. So there's so many things that are so different. Yeah. And um, so I, this lady, former teacher, she's a teacher again there. She went out on maternity leave and she brought me in. And this is during COVID. Mm. Well, COVID hadn't happened yet. Mm-hmm. And so I started teaching and then COVID hit. And so I went to online teaching with my wife mm. and it was a mess. Ugh. But over there, it only lasted two months. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Y'all were there. Because Switzerland is one of the ones that, yes. Oh my All God. of Europe kind of shut down. You know, they shut down the ski resorts. Yeah. Not in Switzerland. Switzerland's like, screw all y'all. <laughs> they were at first. But eventually we had to get QR codes. And I do not like being channeled. And I could Wait, just see it. I could see a channel forming. And I could see it forming again. What do you mean you had to get QR codes? So everybody who didn't get the vaccination... You had to get a QR code? We would always have, so I, my back started feeling better, and I started coaching, yeah. and I started playing again, and I was so, so grateful. This is the biggest joy, like, just to be able to run up and down the hardwood, yeah. and I heard a ball bouncing, and I found a local team in Rappersville cool. and started coaching, making friendships, and just working together with an adult team. I was a player coach, and a girls team, and I ended up coaching my kids, too, and um, just so thankful for that, running around. But I didn't want to get the vaccination because I knew from reading the China study, from watching What the Health, I knew that God has made plants for us that take care of all these funguses, all these bacteria, all these viruses, even if they are man-made and produced in a lab. And there's mass hysteria that tries to get people to freak out. and Fear. Fear-mongering. Fear yeah. tries to control us. Yeah. Um, I, I knew my gut was saying, no, don't do it. It's going to be hard, but, you know, follow follow your gut. Mm-hmm. There's a connection between your gut and your brain. And we have lost. We have lost. And I still lose. Every um, now and then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, Most people are definitely not listening to it. So It's yeah. hard to when you got all that grease. It's true. Yeah. And um, so I didn't get it. I couldn't go to the library anymore because I couldn't go to restaurants anymore. School was back in session. My kids could go to school. They would let my kids in because they were under a certain age. But I, as an adult, not getting it, I couldn't couldn't go to practice anymore. I didn't know they did that over there. No. There's a lot of things that we don't know. Uh, I know. We'll see. But that's the thing. You have to – I mean, we we don't watch regular news because, obviously, they're not going to show you anything truthful. Um, So we do – you know, try to use alternative channels and alternative channel. You know, alternative. I didn't mean to say whatever. that you don't know. No, There's no, no, no. I know what we, you mean. No, we as right, a collective. I know. Right. I know. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I don't think I realized that, it, especially in Switzerland. I don't know. I guess because Switzerland had been kind of the poster child for like, see what happens when you don't. Because I didn't know that they didn't actually. I thought that they didn't force people to get it. I know that they, I guess I knew that they didn't shut down the same way and they still didn't have, if, if you look at their numbers, they barely had, you know, compared to it's funny. everybody else. They didn't have the numbers until, whoo, might started get, jabbing people. <laughs> I'm not going to jab anybody, but, and yeah. So they started jabbing people. That's what I'm saying. Then the and the numbers, numbers took off. <laughs> and, oh my gosh. It's so and, insane. And, and the numbers took off and I'm like, guys, are you not seeing a correlation here? And uh, you know, oh, but you gotta protect people. It's it's a it's a can of worms. It doesn't protect anyone. I I don't want to, and I know there's gonna be some people that hear this and like, oh. No, most everybody knows how I feel on here. Well, so even if they're, (laughs) you know, 
it's okay because it's the truth. And in the end of the day, you know, that's what's going to set us as, uh, as humanity. That's what's mm-hmm. going to carry us forward totally. because we cannot move forward in fear. And yeah. that's what a lot of us are doing and myself included sometimes, but I, I have to choose the, the, Hope. Other, it's hope, hope and faith and hope and faith are actually i guess they're not as strong as fear though that's why the government mm. used that mm. you know but they are in the, the bible in the bible it says that if you're if you're they say in the bible i don't know the verse i'm bad with quoting it but they say yeah. that you know if you're ruling by fear love is a thousand times more powerful mm. and mm. hope and love they just go together yeah like peanut butter and and uh, pimento cheese. <laughs> so, that's Wait, my, what? Uh, sorry. Is that what you eat? <laughs> no, that's my cousin. Peanut butter and jelly, you know. No, I know. Um, so where were we? <laughs> um, I know we got. And then we started talking about the darn jab. Oh well, the QR code. So you could not go into places. So you had to have a QR code to show that you were jabbed or not jabbed or what? That I or had a test. Med- oh, the, oh, the which had a- I had to pay. Eighty bucks for every time I had a test. Oh my gosh! Which I, being a cancer patient, got a do- note from my doctor, but mm-hmm. my wife didn't get one. But my doctor was still kind of reluctant to write one hmm. because he said, "No, there's cancer patients that are getting the jab, and they're fine." And they're like, "Last time, the only time in my life that I got mm. the flu vaccination is the worst I've ever gotten the flu." And he said, "Okay, we'll write that down." Yeah. And so, I had a pass, mm-hmm. and I had to show it just to get the QR code for free, and then I had to wait in line go just to get a book at a library we would send our daughter to the library okay this all happened for about half a year it didn't come in at first school shut down for two months and then they went back Mm -hmm. back to school at the end of may so from like march to may mid-may they went back and that's Mm -hmm. it everybody's back at school i know here it was a year maybe a year and a half it was a long time and everything was back to normal except for those that didn't get the yeah. Mm-hmm. So I know in my heart now what it is like to be a person of a different shade, mm-hmm. you know, because I could yeah. feel that I could see I was outside the restaurant and look at the people eating inside the restaurant. And be like, man, I can't go in there. Yeah. You know, and I have no idea what it was like, you know, truly. Truly. For, yeah. But you're but saying you, a had small, a little glim- you had a little glimpse of it. Yeah, for sure. Because that was a whole nother era, um, a dark era in our history oh, but for sure. yeah. but um it, it it takes us to where we are and mm-hmm. and uh so yeah the qr codes all of a sudden lo and behold i don't know if you ever heard of aaron siri you need to google his name okay aaron siri is a trial doctor in texas where a group of um non uh allopathic doctors formed scientists came together about 30 of them and they hired Aaron Siri to take Pfizer to court and they were like hey let's uh you know you need to release your all your knowledge Mm -hmm. on the vaccination and a federal judge is here in this case in Texas and uh Pfizer's like okay we only have you know a couple people in that department um so it'll take us about 72 years to release all all the pages and the judge is like, no, uh, no, you have when over 10,000 employees, <laughs> right? Convenient. How, how convenient. convenient. A random 72 hours, 72 years. Anyways, like, uh. yeah. So we forget all everything. And like, no, 
federal judge, you have 10,000 yeah. employees at Pfizer. You're, you're going to release. You can, you instead can of 500 that. pages a month, maybe, what, 500,000. Yeah. They're going to be all released in the next two years. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. In Switzerland, the next day, QR codes are gone. Because they actually looked at it then. This is, the, oh, man. The next crazy day. Then. The next day, QR codes are gone. Yeah. And nobody questions it. They're like, oh, yeah. yeah, the numbers are down. I'm like, are you serious? Look at all these people still coughing around you. Isn't that weird? And and then all of a sudden, I could go saying. play in the game. Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. have to, you know, I right. could go coach. I could go yeah. check out a book. Yeah. And yeah, nothing, crazy. nothing on the TVs and the trains. But see, know. yeah, and that came out here. And nobody batted an eye. They still didn't even change things around, you know? Like, guess what happened the next day? What? War in Ukraine. Oh, right. I know. She's Louise. Pivot. Pivot. So well, I'm, we got to have another thing to be afraid of and right. be crazy about. <laughs> no, and uh, no, it's real because we had a lot of Ukrainian. Um, no, for sure. It's not like it's not but, happening. But, but why is it happening? Yeah. Why is it happening? And that's something that I've, I try to teach my children always ask why. Always be curious. Mm-hmm. Always, you know, get to the bottom of things. Question things. I went over to Switzerland being very liberal-minded and progressive. And I came back being very non-liberal, yeah. very non-progressive. I'm still progressive, but I, I just – teaching – they hired me back at SIS and hearing my boss, Christian Ruti, and just seeing how he listens mm-hmm. – it's a special thing. And those kids that are the sons of the CEOs and the bankers, they just want love. Hmm. And they're just they're just like the kids growing up here in Gervais, Houston Moore, and the projects of Wilmington that don't have their dad at home because their dad is off it's making different reason. money. Yeah. yeah. But they just want the love. Yeah. They just want love. And so I came back thinking... <laughs> You know what? These labels just divide us. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. There's agendas that are hidden in everybody. The government has hidden agendas. And I said, I said, Ingrid, after working at the school for two years under the best boss I've ever had, and I've had some good bosses, Robin Myers um, at Myrtle Grove, another great one. Um, This boss, just amazing. And not because we were revered as teachers, but because he highlighted people's strengths and mm. brought them to the table. And he listened. And I said, Ingrid, I know we're getting paid here. You know what a lawyer gets paid. We can pick our schedule. Our kids are safe. There's no mass shootings. <laughs> the list goes on and on. Yeah. The best Lots teachers. Of pros here. <laughs> we can walk in the mountains, you know. Yeah. Well. Beautiful. I want to go back to the U.S. and try this idea this food truck yeah she's like you're crazy she's like what you're Why crazy would we do that <laughs> and we almost didn't because it just the way it worked out we had a great apartment right in rappersville right on the lake we could go swimming roger federer was our neighbor oh my gosh couple what? <laughs> spots down i never saw him but my wife saw him a few times yeah. um bless her heart her soul tina turner was right there too um just some some this but you wouldn't know it because yeah. nobody gawks at them. Nobody yeah, asks for them. Nobody cares. They yeah. didn't ask me for my autograph either. You know, they didn't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. Um, but it was just a beautiful place. And I said, Ingrid, let's move back. She's like, you're crazy. Why? I was like, this, we, we got we to gotta help. 
You know, that's my home. That's my roots. Mm. She's like, okay, I support you. And I'm so thankful for her because she made the biggest sacrifice from the upper echelon of teaching on that penthouse level. She went back to a cart Mm. teaching Spanish, moving, not having her own classroom, not having that view of the lake, not Mm -hmm. getting the reverence that she deserves. And she sacrificed all that just for this harebrained idea. And I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'm just praying. And I'm just like, I know that plants now, they can prevent all these diseases that we're coming into. Mm-hmm. All these toxins, they pull it out. And it's, it's God-given. And it, it's right in front of us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to produce meals that don't weigh people down and have them feeling bad. There's not grease on my food truck anymore that I'm, you know, Dipping, uh, scraping off the walls and cleaning right. because it's clean. And guess where that grease, if it's not in your food truck, goes? I bought it. I bought it, um, and it was it was kind of filthy when I bought it. Yeah. Um, which, uh, interesting enough, it was also a vegan food truck. Oh, really? Just because you're vegan doesn't mean oh, anything. Oh, heck no. It doesn't mean is it, it's not a whole food plant-based food truck. <laughs> and that's that's not a, that's another label that I tried to steer away from. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't like labels. Because right. they just say, oh, us versus them. Y'all, right. we're in this together. We're yeah. one. And uh, it's I just tell people plant-based. Yeah. Even though my truck says otherwise. I just right. didn't have the money to yeah. cover it all up. But guess where that grease goes if it's not, you know, on the food truck and in the fryer. I took the fryer out. Where does it go? In your body. Oh, right. <laughs> I think you'd rather bo- dumping it somewhere. Or something. <laughs> it goes in your body when you're eating yeah, that food. No, and it's it's yeah. clogging up. That's the reason, y'all, we have these high cholesterol rates, these blood pressures out the roof. That's the reason we feel terrible. And God's saying, here, an apple a day. We bear fruit. We come to fruition for a reason. That word fruition, the root is fruit, y'all. And it's so amazing when you eat it. Anthony William, you ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another beautiful read. Um, yeah. and, and, and just we're, we're, we're getting all these side effects and medicines pumped into us when we're watching the Super Bowl and all these yeah. great things. But these medicines, y'all, do you really like the side effects that you hear? What are the yeah. side effects from eating too many apples? What are the side effects from eating too many bananas, you know? Um, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah, watching normal television is is eye opening. I'm sorry, I just got I mean, passionate. It's like, oh, this is where this you're in the right place. This is the passion podcast, <laughs> basically, um, and and where we are clearly on the same page about a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, like if you watch commercials, they're they're the foods that cause disease, and then they had the next commercial after that is the pill to take it to try to counteract what you just ate, you know? You, if you look at if you look at the lower income housing, there's a design to these neighborhoods and it's, mm. it's, it's systematic, mm-hmm. strategic racism. Mm-hmm. You look at the food deserts, there's nothing, nothing to get healthy. There's a CVS. There's a McDonald's. Yep. There's a Burger King. There's a liquor store. Cookout. That's a new thing. You know? They're and there's there's a there's a it, and it's not just here in Wilmington. If you know. look at every major city in the United States. They all have those things. 
And they're all basically owned by like a handful of companies, <laughs> you know? So we, we got to do, we got to pray. We got to do what we can. Yeah. And, and I said, Ingrid, you know, I, I go to places and pull up and people are like, oh, vegan. I'm not trying that. And you see the long lines forming at the other food trucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's okay. Lord, just grant me patience, you know, because mm-hmm. eventually people will see that what they're eating is causing them all their troubles. Mm-hmm. Look at obesity rates here. Oh, that's, insane. that's part of the reason I wanted to come here. Mm-hmm. In Switzerland, they're starting to eat worse. These Western companies are moving over there. There's Taco Bells, there's Subways, there's McDonald's. They're coming. But people walk. People walk everywhere. All the time, yeah. They, yeah. They, they take they're bikes. They're outside. They, right. They're not as obsessed with... You know, I mean, I'm not saying they don't watch TV because I'm sure they do, but I feel like Americans are so obsessed with, and I'm not saying I haven't had a good, you know, Netflix binge or something like that. I'm right there you with know? you, sister. I, they happen. Like, I'm, I'm right there with you. <laughs> but but people are doing it all the time, and they, instead of coming home and having dinner together and then maybe going for a walk or doing, like, they just plop right out on the couch, you know? Yeah. It's just trying to numb, you know. It's, it's they're tired. They're tired. I understand they why they plop numb down. Themselves. It's also, you know, a spiritual void that they're trying to fill um, with thing, with stuff, or things, or TV, or whatever it is. You know. That's so, a good point. Yeah. That's a good, great point. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just, it's just tough to see, and and that's why, you know, I'm just trying to do that little thing that I can even yeah. even if and I've had so much support along and I the think way. reaching the ch- reaching the kids so you go like once a week and talk at different schools or how does that work so yeah our company is called well-fed ed and everybody's like I get off the food Who's truck ed? hey ed <laughs> I did have a roommate named ed in college he was uh, an awesome dude awesome uh, surfer nice. um just a great positive person just a you know always going after things yeah. I just think of him but um no, I'm not Ed. Ed is short for education because former teacher and my wife is too. And we're trying to educate people on how to eat better. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, once a week, maybe, um, it's it's amazing what God has put, you know, in our path with the Island Montessori School where my wife got rehired. She's oh, the oh, Spanish she's teacher again there. Oh, isn't that great? And, and she just knows so much about different education you know, avenues. Like yeah. she did the, the bilingual day school in Switzerland. She private, she knows the public school system here. She knows the charter school. She used to teach at S, uh, wow. CFCI, okay. Cape Fear Center for Inquiry. Mm-hmm. She knows now the Montessori approach. So she is, it's just awesome. That's really cool. To, to have all those channels coming mm-hmm. together and be able to stream that through her, a wealth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I try to get into the classroom and I bring in, you know, some fruits and I hold up like a watermelon. And I'll be like, who knows the magical powers of this fruit? And the kids are just like so into it. Oh, cute. And I had a, I had a uh, kid stop me at the library just this weekend. She's like, I remember you. And I miss that so much. I miss oh the classroom. I miss seeing these kids. And yeah. So I hope, I hope to get in more because it hadn't been too much. But Island Montessori has been a big player in getting That's us in great. there. There's a, there's a kung fu, like a martial arts school called Dudley close okay. by here oh, okay. and they wanted to bring me in but they're out for the summer now and we're going to yeah. try to do that next year and right. so opportunities will present themselves yeah i hope so yeah um so that's that's part of it is that 
I thought I wanted to reach the teachers first hmm. because I had such a network of principals and former teach, teachers here. And so I, w- I would go to schools, like I go to Pine Valley every Friday, which is about to let out but um, hmm. for the summer. But And I set up there for lunch, and the teachers come out and get lunch. I go to Wilmington School of the Arts every Wednesday, and you know people come up. The teachers come up and get it, and they're like, oh, this is our favorite day of the week. Oh we my love, gosh, it. I love it. And I'm hoping to get to the kids eventually yeah. because I know the way to get to them is through the teachers and show them the importance of eating healthy. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's crazy to see the free and reduced lunches that they give out that are subsidized by our government. I know. And we, we, have to stru- we struggle to keep our own sign. Say, no, don't go eat breakfast. Eat it here. Yeah. Fruit Loops, you know, these sugary muffins, donuts. Chocolate uh, milk. It's tater just like tots. 30 grams of sugar. Get your own tots. Gosh. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, yeah, Sorry, bad. Um, Such a good movie. <laughs> Such a good movie. <gasps> Pegs. <laughs> I haven't seen that movie in so long. Struts. Gosh. <laughs> but Pedro. <laughs> so, But yeah, it's... It's almost like they're trying to get them in that hamster wheel of being sick, you know? Imagine. I wonder. Early. I, I, I remember seeing Milk, It Does a Body Good, yes. you know? And then reading this book, The China Study by yeah. Dr. Campbell. Another plug for you, Mr. Campbell. Because <laughs> you did some beautiful work in that you book. Really did. It was amazing. Um, it just highlight how bad dairy is for you wow. and how addictive it is and how it just forms that layer of sputum Mm -hmm. and just inflames all those toxins in your body i mean it doesn't even make any sense you know when people think if you actually sit around and think about it why are you drinking the the breast milk of another species it doesn't even like i never thought about it as a kid but now that if you actually like step away for a moment why would you think that you need some other creature's breast milk as a and as an adult, even as a, and as a child too, why do you need somebody else's? You know, you're exactly right. You needed you needed your mother's yes. nourishment. Who is your species? <laughs> from you know zero to two years old. Yeah, and that's it when your body's doing the most important vital growing. You know, but after that, no, we have fruits and vegetables and other things to nourish us. Well, and and cow's milk is not. If you look at the nutritional value of it, it's not even close to humans. Like, there are other animals that are closer as far as, like, the proteins and, you know, the different uh, nutrients in it, but... It's fortified with all that other stuff. I know. So they can say it. Guess how I felt living in Switzerland, of all places. And my wife coming from the Cheesehead Nation in Wisconsin. (laughs) Oh, yeah, right. Uh, No, yeah, it's uh, it's tough to tell people this. Like, when our our daughter chose not... We try not to push stuff on them too much. Yeah. We don't buy meat. We don't buy milk or dairy products, but... um. My daughter ate meat up until we got a dog, and then mm. she made the connection, and Aww. and she stopped. And our son rarely eats meat. He'll get a you know a sausage or whatever mm. every now and then, some chicken nuggets. But yeah, he he knows what fruit can do. And yeah, we don't we buy plant based milk, and, and mm-hmm. it's uh yeah. She my, my daughter got feedback like flack from being in school when they'd have free dairy day where they'd come in and bring milk to all the kids. And she said, no, I don't want any. Like, that's not good for your bones. And other classmates would say, oh, your your bones are probably gray because you don't drink milk. 
we're just brainwashed and taught oh that milk it does the body good when i remember walking down the hallway in middle school and seeing all these famous stars you know with the know, milk mustache milk, and be like yeah. hey what are y'all endorsing i don't know oh, man. i know social media and right now there's like this big um i guess you know because milk has been struggling for years the dairy industry has been struggling and now they are hiring influencers and celebrities. Instead of doing the Gat Milk campaign, they're hiring celebrities and stuff on Instagram. And mm. I'm like, oh my. But reading the comments of those does give me a little bit of hope. Mm. More hope, I guess. Because they're like, oh my gosh, it's 2023. Why are you promoting this? Like, you know, it's just like flooded with all these negative comments. So right. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> Social media is is a uh, another thing to a wrestle wild with beast, but it can <laughs> it can be used for good it can, you're right you're it right. can and then it can be used for bad things mm-hmm. too but just like anything yeah just for like sure. anything yeah yeah well it has been an absolute pleasure i'm really excited to go to your food truck hopefully maybe this week um i gotta look at your your schedule so y'all update it every week and are you kind of in the same places every week or well it's all about to change because school's about to oh, be out true. um yeah, yeah. so We've had a lot of breweries um, contact yeah, us, right. so we're going to start shifting to that. And we got some festivals coming up. And actually, uh, through Live Nation, we got a couple of shows at Live Oak Ooh. Pavilion coming Ooh, yeah. up. Um, Which ones? Uh, Boy Genius. Okay. That's June 14th. Yeah. And Fish. Oh, you're going to go to Fish. July 19th. The uh, the lady in charge, Marissa, she said, we're going to try to pair you with like-minded genres that you know, yeah, people man. might appreciate it. Cool. So so um, that's awesome that makes sense so yeah it's it's kind of evolving as we go and and uh i've hired a business consultant uh Brittany wheeler from local motive uh she's friends with oh cool chafin yeah chafin and she's just (laughs) uh been a positive force for change and just she gets stuff done um local motive collaborative um so very thankful for that and just the whole thing is changing so rapidly i'm just trying to keep up my wife is Posting stuff, our yeah. schedule, and just taking on a larger role, and uh, my daughter and son are, you know, just urging me on, and it's just, I'm just grateful and humble and well, appreciative that you've brought me on. So yeah, thank you. well, I'm so grateful. Um, I am just amazed at what you're doing and what you've been through, and um, yeah, I think it's great for for the community and other people who listen who don't live here. Maybe it'll inspire them, you know. So. Yeah. It, it, this is a, a great community, a it strong, is. resilient community. Yeah. And not just the Port City area. That's something that I missed about Americans, just their resourcefulness mm. and their ability to to stay positive in, in tough, negative situations. And and we get pulled apart, guys. We get pulled apart when we watch, you know, these divisive things that call one person this and one person that. But I know in the end, and I pray that we we just rise above it. And in the end, we see, hey, we're the same. We have kids. We want the best for our kids. It doesn't matter what they say we are. We know what we are. And it's just a a beautiful place. And I'm I'm, uh, grateful to be able to try to get this thing started here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to see it grow. So thank you again. Thank you, Rebecca. Till next time, peace and plants. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I, of course, had such a blast sitting down with Lucas. Y'all know how much I love in-person episodes. They are the best. 
Be sure to check out Wellfed Ed on Instagram. And if you're in the Wilmington area, 100%, find out where he's going to be and go get it. You will not be disappointed. You will thank me later. I was able to try some of his delicious food last weekend. My husband and I went to when he was set up at one of the breweries and blown away. So fresh, so delicious. And he doesn't even mention this on his website or anywhere, but it's organic, y'all. It's organic. And if he does use oil, the only oil he will use is olive oil. So no inflammatory canola oil junk, nothing nasty like that. Super clean, absolutely delicious and nutritious. So check it out. And that's about it. So again, I hope you enjoyed it. And until next time, peace and plants.